Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. February is Spay and Neuter Awareness Month, and Best Friends Animal Society, a leading animal welfare organization dedicated to ending the killing of dogs and cats in America's shelters by 2025, is raising awareness on the simple solution communities can take that not only aids in life-saving, but all around improves the animal's well-being. On the line to discuss spaying and neutering our pets is Kaylee Hawkins, Pacific Regional Director for Best Friends Animal Society. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Kaylee, start by giving us an overview of Best Friends Animal Society. Yeah, so Best Friends Animal Society, we're a national animal welfare organization, and we're really hyper-focused on ensuring that dogs and cats are making it out of our nation's shelters alive. And so as an agency that's focused on that, our stance is really working with shelters and communities to establish themselves as no-kill communities. And what that means is we see that in sheltering, animals that are coming into our agencies, at least 90% of them are placeable in our communities through progressive programming and through life-saving efforts. And so we are looking to collaborate with agencies across the nation to ensure that they're saving 90% or more of the animals in their care, uh, which would make them a no-kill shelter and a no-kill community. I feel like I ask this question anytime I speak to someone involved in animal welfare, but it just doesn't seem to sink in with some people. So I'm going to keep asking the question. Tell us why it's so important to spay and neuter our pets. Yeah, you know, spay and neutering is this one-time transaction that you have as a pet parent that can actually set you up for long-term, long, healthy life success with your pet. It prevents tons of medical issues, tons of behavior problems. And it also is ensuring that you're being a responsible pet parent in your community and you're preventing the overpopulation of animals by not having accidental litters at all. So we, I'm more than happy to talk more about the very specific medical and behavior problems because a lot of times some of the challenges we see as pet owners, they actually are circumvented by spaying and neutering our animals. Yeah, tell us what are the health and behavioral benefits of spaying and neutering? So on the medical side, something that's really important that we find is that a lot of reproductive organ cancers and infections, like testicular cancer for male pets, ovarian and breast cancers in female pets, the likelihood of that is severely reduced after a spaying and neuter procedure. Also really cuts down on UTI infections and other related medical problems. In the space of behavior, we see that a lot of those behaviors that we all find really not appealing for our pets or our neighbor's pets, like yowling, the urge to escape our house, those little troublemaker behaviors, marking. I know we all have markers. We know of cats and dogs in our neighborhood who are big markers. Those tendencies and those behaviors 
are severely reduced once a spay-neuter surgery has been completed on a pet. And can you tell us about the shelter crisis going on across the country and specifically here in California? Yeah, absolutely. What we've been seeing in 2022 and 2023 is we're facing a a multitude of challenges that have resulted in what we're calling the shelter crisis. And so in animal shelters across the nation, we are seeing that intakes are starting to trickle back up. They're not at the same rate that they were pre-pandemic for the most part, but they are still increasing. But what's really causing the crisis is that lack of outcomes. And so we are seeing that adopters are not coming through as much as, as we used to see in the past couple of years. Our rescue partnerships and our receiving partners at other agencies across the nation they are also kind of facing that same lack of adoption interest. And so we're really met with this delta of we're seeing the animals coming in and those lack of opportunities are there. And so you pair that with challenges to find uh, appropriate candidates to hire and uh, the hiring crisis we're seeing nationwide. And so we have we're short-staffed agencies that are struggling with that, in, that little triple increase of animals coming in, but really being compounded by the fact that adopters aren't showing up. So when we're thinking about what is one of the best ways that the public can show up, it's really like if you've been on the fence about adopting, if you've considered adding anybody to your home, really this is one of the most opportune times that can help every shelter in every community by finding a positive outcome for a pet in their care. And how can spaying and neutering your pets help combat this current crisis? There's a couple of reasons why spaying and neutering your pet actually will directly help alleviate the shelter crisis. One is if you run into a situation where your pet is actually pregnant, you likely will have some accidental litters on your hands. And those babies that come in, if you're not able to find homes for them yourself, one of the likely paths is that those animals would be brought into your local shelter. And that continues to put that strain when we're increasing that intake and we're bringing in new animals into our system. The second way is when we think about the behavior reasons why spay and neuter is so important, one of those things is when animals are in heat or female pets and unneutered for dogs, they're more likely to roam when they're in those cycles. And so when an animal is roaming, you know, that's typically when someone in the community or an animal control officer will come pick them up. And a lot of times those roaming behaviors can be severely decreased in chance and likelihood if that animal is spayed or neutered. So we do see a lot of our stray intake animals at the shelter on our altars, and they likely were just trying to find a mate or trying to find someone to, you know, fill that urge. And so if we're able to really find ways to uh, limit that behavior, and spay neutering is one of the most turnkey ways to do that, we're in turn not having reasons for animals to go into the shelter when they're roaming and, and having those behaviors, they're completely preventable by just that one simple surgery. I'm speaking with Kaylee Hawkins, Pacific Regional Director for Best Friends Animal Society. One of the many benefits of adopting from a shelter is that shelters and rescue groups will typically spay or neuter your pets ahead of adoption. Can you tell us more about that and when it's safe to spay and neuter pets? Absolutely. So one of the most turnkey and secret benefits of adopting from a rescue or a shelter is that they typically are sending you home with an animal that has had a health exam, has been vaccinated, has been microchipped, and also has been spayed or neutered, which is one of the most turnkey way to get a pet. You don't have to worry about your follow-up vet visits for a while, and you're receiving an animal who is really ready to go home and be safe. Um, if you are obtaining a pet, though, that is not coming from a rescue or shelter community, and you are interested in getting them spayed and neutered, at the high-volume spay and neuter level, that's typically some rescue groups 
and some high volume spay and neuter providers that work in conjunction with animal shelters. It is safe to spay and neuter an animal as young as two months or two pounds, but we do advise that you do work with your private primary veterinarian talk about when they feel is the most safe and when they're most comfortable providing spay and neuter to your pet. And how about low-cost options for spaying and neutering? We're really lucky in the state of California that there are many low-cost spay and neuter providers across the state who are able to provide spay and neuter at a very affordable cost no matter what your income brackets are. So a couple of the ways that you could look into that is by doing online searches to look for low-cost spay and neuter providers. They are typically in partnership with animal shelters or they may be nonprofit agencies of their own. Another really fantastic thing is you can also look at information on your local animal services or your local community website. There's also programs that they're called voucher programs. And that essentially will give you a discounted rate to private practice veterinarians to partner with your local municipality or your local shelter, providing standard at a flat rate cost. And so those are two really simple and accessible ways that many communities across the state are able to help uh, individuals find standard access. What are your recommendations if you do come across a stray? Yeah. So one of those really fantastic things that you can do with a community member if you do come across a stray animal in the community is it's very likely that that animal is very close to home. And we typically talk about dogs right now. So with dogs, it is almost 80 to 90% likelihood that when a dog is found outside just roaming at large, that he or she is actually within a thousand feet of their home. It's a very high probability that they are maybe a neighbor or a neighbor's neighbor's pet. And so if the dog seems friendly and approachable and you're comfortable one of the things that we recommend is just be a really good neighbor and see if you can put that dog in your backyard for a second, go knock on some doors. You're comfortable leashing up an animal, leashing up that animal and trying to just find out from your local neighbors, do we know whose pet this is? Can we get them back to their home? Typically stray at large animals in, when you call for an animal control officer, it could take them hours to be able to come out. And at that point, that animal might likely is away from the scene of where you found them. So we always recommend that if you want to help ensure that you can help the shelter crisis out, making sure that animal doesn't have to come into the shelter is a really great way to help your neighbors bring their pet back home. When it comes to cats, though, there is a pretty good likelihood that your cats outside are actually outdoor community cats. And staying and neutering those cats would be a huge highlight for your, your neighborhood to ensure that you're not seeing a lot of oopsie kitten litters in the coming season. Speaking of those outdoor cats, why should communities spay and neuter them? We live in, in a really great climate out here in California, and so we see a lot of underage kittens in our local shelter system. For outdoor cats, a lot of them are thriving and they're doing really well in their outdoor homes. And the best service that you can provide to you and your neighbors to cut down on those yowling behaviors, cut down on those marking behaviors, is to work with a local low-cost spay and neuter provider to alter that cat and then return him or her back to their outdoor home. With outdoor cats making up a pretty significant population of the animals that we see not making it out alive in California shelters, really finding a way to circumvent them coming to the shelter and providing them that spay neuter service so that they can maintain their happy outdoor lives um, without contributing to the population any further really helps establish that outdoor colony and then ensures that we were not adding more kittens to that colony over time. Um, and in turn, it's helping ensure that your taxpayer dollars and that your local shelter is not put in a situation where 
those outdoor cats are coming into their shelter and there's a positive outcome path for them. And tell us about kitten season. When does that start in California? season. I wish I could say it was a season. It feels like it's a year-long event. (laughs) Kitten season typically will run with warm weather. And so we're looking at, you know, nine to 10 months of underage kittens coming into our local shelters. They should be kicking off any time now, unless the weather does stay a little bit cooler out here in Southern California. Kitten season is typically when we see the spike of when those that mostly live outdoors, although these also are kittens that are coming from oopsie litters from families and homes as well that are bringing in kittens under the age of eight weeks into our shelter system. And they are one of the most labor intensive. They're one of the most fragile, but most adaptable if they can make it to eight weeks population of animals we see in our shelter. So we really are trying to, on the front end, ensure that people are working with their local neighbors spay and neuter those outdoor cats before kitten season kicks off and uh, also finding ways to give communities the tools and the resources that if maybe those kittens in their neighborhood or those cats in the neighborhood have kittens they have some of those tools and resources that they can help with those kittens instead of bringing them to the shelter as well. And you briefly mentioned this earlier but can you talk to us about the importance of microchipping our pets? Absolutely. Microchipping your pets is also, again, one of those really one-time turnkey investments that is the gift that will keep on giving. Um, Microchip is typically about the size of a grain of rice, and it's a little chip that is implanted between an animal's shoulder blades. And what happens is when an individual at a shelter or at a rescue group scans with our microchip scanner, it'll pop up a unique ID code. So that gives us the opportunity to then contact local microchip vendors and try to identify who's the owner of that pet. The reason why we really endorse microchipping is that microchips are never going to fall off a collar. They're never going to accidentally be left off if you forgot to put, you know, a harness on your pet. It is in a built-in identification system as long as the, the pet owners are keeping their information current. So if you're someone who moves or you're someone who has changed phone numbers, you know, we do advise getting that microchip number from your veterinarian and calling the microchip provider to update your information. But microchips provide that safety blanket that no matter what happens with your animal and you don't have to worry about keeping that collar or that harness on them, but they will have that built-in identification so that if they are in a situation where they are stray or they run away or a disaster happens, someone will be able to get a hold of you because the animal has their microchip. So definitely something that we are huge advocates for. And we do see a lot of uh, area shelters and municipalities that do require that as well for pets that are leaving. So again, if you adopt from a local shelter, you'll have that already with your pet. I've been speaking with Kaylee Hawkins, Pacific Regional Director for Best Friends Animal Society. How can someone get involved with Best Friends? We are a national organization and we love to have participation from animal loving supporters and all ways, shapes, or forms that work for them. Our website is bestfriends.org. From there, you can learn more about our local program opportunities. You can learn more about our sanctuary based in southern Utah, which is very funly coined as like the Disneyland for animals. People will spend vacation weeks there just spending time with animals and really being inspired and getting involved at that level. We are always looking for volunteers on a national level. It doesn't matter where you live. We can find a volunteer opportunity that will fit your skills and needs. And if you're local enough, there's also opportunities to foster with us as well as some of our partner agencies as well. So lots of really fantastic ways that individuals can get involved. And is there anything else you want us to know? I would say one of the most important things 
for residents of California to know is that California, as of our annual data set that we do every year, that data set we currently are working with is 2021. Our 2022 data set is still in development. But we know that in our California shelters, that cats are not considered equal to dogs in terms of life saving. And so when we're thinking about what are really impactful ways that you can help uh, ensure that your shelter is saving animals, really finding ways to help ensure that cats are safe is vital. We're seeing that almost four out of every five animals that are not coming out of our shelters alive in California are cats. And a lot of that is because we are seeing underage kittens coming in in massive amounts. We're seeing unsocialized cats coming in in massive amounts, and they're not adoption outcomes. And so by staying and neutering your local cats that live in your neighborhood, that's one of the most surefire ways that you can ensure that you're helping your local shelter save more lives. I'd like to mention that I'm working from home today, and my co-producer for this interview has been my cat, Olive. I think she wants some acknowledgement here, so <laughs> I want to want to establish that. Kaylee, thank you so much for talking with us today, and thank you for making a difference in our community. I really appreciate your time, and thank you so much for letting us talk about staying either with y'all. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.